to down to down to. Yeah. Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I'm the word. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's, 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 it's a real one. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of DailyThunder.com. We are also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. So, if you're listening via Dash Radio, welcome to our show. We are an Oklahoma City Thunder show. And with me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Uh, same, same old, same old. I mean, I, I learned that I should not tweet uh, anything about specific players before a game because I did it like what what I thought was a good tweet about Melo, and in the like last last few games, he he made everything to prove me wrong. So <laughs> he kind of he he did. Um, let's let's talk about the Portland game. The Thunder lost last night to Portland, the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. 10399 uh, another weird game for the thunder the thunder played maybe the strangest game i've ever witnessed against boston uh on friday night and then last night was weird too they had low energy out the gate there's always frustration in portland for russell westbrook and his team mm-hmm. for whatever reason uh and that was definitely the case tonight. Maybe the most, maybe leaving the arena, the most frustrated that you've seen, like Russ and Billy Donovan and people like that. Uh, it was it was bad. Uh, what are your what are your impressions? And we can get into the mellow stuff and uh, kind of the game plan. But what what were your what are your initial thoughts? I thought that I mean the game was uh, kind of. Uh low energy as you said but also they made like weird choices on offense and on defense but i would start from the offensive end so if you for the for the ones that actually saw the game in the first few minutes the offense was like was looking good uh, from a certain point of view because they scored maybe in the first five possessions or six possessions uh, but if you look closely at what they were doing they were taking a lot of mid-range shots with one action, so either a slip pick or um, a, a pick and roll from um, between Adams and and Russ, and they were all mid range shots. Yes, in rhythm, but without really moving Portland defense. And as soon as the defensive level of Portland um, rose up a bit, the, the offense completely stopped working. And and on the defensive side. I mean, they were really off in terms of rotation and helping. So, yes, Adams had to do a lot with Nurkic, but if you don't rotate over... So, the, the thing that, that really OKC was starting to do against Milwaukee and Boston was to do the second rotation. So, you, you guard a pick and roll with two men because you have to do it with Lillard and McCollum. But then there's there should be a rotation from the weak side. And yesterday uh, night, it wasn't there. So the energy was really low. The awareness on defense was completely off. And so in some sense, it was very weird coming from like a game where, yes, you lost, but in the first part of it, uh, I'm talking about Boston, you looked like completely in control uh, with uh, with an amazing offense and a great defense. So it's really weird. Um, I, I don't know how to characterize that um 
with other words. I, I think it was the weirdest, maybe a lot weirder than the, the second album but with Boston, I, I would say. Yeah, and Russ showed a real ability to defend Kyrie Irving in the first half of that Boston game, and oh, yeah. obviously that went away. Um, but it, it stayed away when he played Damian Lillard because Lillard just roasted him. I mean, to the basket, on jump shots, uh, really even his passing whenever he was supposed to be guarding C.J. McCollum. Uh, Dame was incredible tonight. Probably the best player yeah. on the floor. Uh, he 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 was just spectacular. And and Russell Westbrook, although I mean, he had some spectacular plays, but there was... It was just a weird kind of mental night for him. He missed five free throws in a row. I, I don't. I've never felt sorry for Russell Westbrook in my life because like he's this crazy athlete making millions of dollars. But when he missed those five free throws, I was like, oh my goodness! Like what is, what is this? What is going on here? And a lot of people mentioned the free throw his routine that he can't do it that they you can't go past the three point line. And I mean, I guess that could be it. But to I. <laughs> You think that he would maybe miss one or two of those because of that, not yeah. all five of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, those no, five points would have made a yeah. pretty big difference in the yeah. game. Yeah, you probably have to miss the last one because I mean, uh, yes. Raymond Felton like um, went close to him and probably said to him to to miss the last one. So at yeah. least he missed the, the last one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the free throw is becoming weird. I mean, OKC lost like a couple of games because of the free throws. Right. Uh, probably both Minnesota game, the game again against Minnesota, and for sure, last one. I mean, it's 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 becoming like too weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is... It's this not, is it's not normal that, anymore. Yeah. yeah, this is a team that was, you know, setting records from the free throw line not too long ago, and obviously their personnel has turned over, but the guys that should be making free throws... The ones that are missing, like Jeremy Grant was seven from seven for seven the other night, which is like a miracle. And then mm-hmm. Russ misses five in a row, which is also like a miracle of sorts. It was just, it, it's just odd. It's been an odd start to the season for this team, and I don't know that we've quite seen their identity yet. I think that you you've seen what they want their identity to be at the beginning of the Boston game, uh, but they have yet to extrapolate that over the course of a whole game. It may be except like against like a terrible team like the Bulls, and then they played really well against Milwaukee. But uh, there were still some some times that they let up, um, and we're pretty lucky that you know no nobody on Milwaukee was hitting shots. Um, yeah, but yeah. overall, it's just a it's a strange start to the season. And for me, I'm I'm not too concerned. I'm not concerned about this team um, just because it has been so weird, and you know that they're trying to figure it out. Um, but it it is just still it's just odd. Yeah, it is. And I think that um, there was a common thing uh, between Chicago's game, um, Milwaukee, against Milwaukee and against Boston. The run that the first unit made was, wasn't was with the starting five. Like in, in those three games, the, the real runs were either with the second unit and probably that was against Chicago. Mm-hmm. But against Milwaukee and Boston, the run was with the starters plus Sabrinas or plus Sabrinas and Grant. Yep. Um, the starters have like a plus minus that is worrisome. That is the only thing that really worries me because Frass is plus 2.7. And this is not ideal. No. Like Raymond Felton is way up. I think it's more than, than 10. Um, so the second unit is working and it is the thing that made like uh, this um, 
incredible net rating that the team has but the first unit is not working and for some reason uh, when you have when you pair the um, like the global movement that uh, Carmelo Anthony provides and Robertson together this is a recipe for disaster or at, at, at least it has been so far so I wonder if those these nine games tells us a story that this first unit is is supposed to work but actually it doesn't yeah, I mean that could be that could definitely be the case. I, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't uh, as of now, but uh, yeah. I wonder if that is something that the coaching staff should look deeply into and try to see if there is a way to make it work, mm-hmm. or try to like to start immediately to change it and, and go in another direction and see uh, if any other direction work. Because this team has time, yes, because they have a lot of talent, but. It's it's time to make things work in a in a proper way now. Yeah, I mean you do, you do. I mean I think you always have to kind of question Robertson's role with the team and is he doing what he needs to do. It feels like there's enough shooting in that first unit to get by with him out there as a as a great defender. But I mean, I, I don't disagree that they should look at playing or bring us more. And making him more of a of a focal point, not like the focal point, but at least getting him more touches. Because I just don't, I don't feel like they're using him properly. I just feel like there's a lot of oh, guys no. that they're not using properly um, at this point in the season. Robertson, obviously a guy they're not using properly, um, although he looked okay last night. Uh, Abrinas, they're not using well. I don't think they're using Paul George very well. Um, I think you know the guys that up to this point, like Russ is figuring things out and he's he is going to dictate a lot of the way that this thunder team goes uh steven adams has been good really up until last night he he did not have a good game last night no um but up until really last night he he's been used very well um but they're they're really and and mellow was just mellow like we're not i don't know that he's being used one way or another he just is uh, but they're not using guys effectively and, it, and it's strange and they're they give jeremy grant like ton of touches and a ton of you know yeah. chances to be successful and he's been good i'm not complaining about that but i also just don't really understand um not using paul george and even giving paul george more touches and then not giving abrinas more shots because they they need shooting and three-point shooting in particular and that you have one of the best guys on your bench and you know billy doesn't use him as much as she as he should and i know i know that he's not as versatile as a jeremy grant and he can't play as many positions but i think you're right that they need to give the abrinas uh plus the starters more of a chance yeah i mean i if you look at jeremy on the court he's producing but for for some reason um either you have shooting with him but if you if you pair jeremy grant robertson and in the same unit so far this this is not good i mean lineup wise the, the the one with adams george grant robertson and uh, robertson and, and westbrook is by far one of the worst mm-hmm. with a um, 76 uh, offensive rating which is abysmal so yes it's, it's still small sample size but um, like there are things that uh, you th- you see that have a future. This way to use Robertson and uh, Robertson and Grant to me, uh, it's it's it doesn't show like any potential to be good. 
I mean, yes, you are okay defensively, but uh, the, the, the thing that you lose on offense are like way more important than, than what you gain on defense, I think. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I, I don't know. I think, feel like Billy in particular has had a weird start. I mean, yes. I, I just don't know. A lot of people are, you know, saying a lot of bad things about Billy Donovan on Twitter, as Twitter does. Uh, and I understand where, where people are coming from. The thing about Billy is that he just wants to see a lot of stuff. And he may use these first 20 games to see as much as he can before he implements anything, you know, going forward. Because last night, all the switching was odd. I mean, it yeah. just seemed unnecessary to mm-hmm. to switch on literally everything because there's there comes a point where that just doesn't really help you <laughs> like if you're especially when you come out if you come out of the gate and you don't have incredible energy and that's the thing that you have to understand about uh switching is that you have to have incredible energy and you have to be so sharp uh and that's why they use it in the playoffs because obviously you have that intensity you're being lifted by the crowd and the situation but when you're on a Sunday night against the Portland Trailblazers, like they didn't have the energy. And if you see that it's not working, you would think like, oh, well, maybe we should stop switching every single thing. Because, you know, Steven Adams is really having a hard time guarding Damian Lillard. But uh, that continued throughout the game. It, it was it was weird. And, you know, I think that, you know, Russ is to blame for a couple of these losses. Not to blame, but I think that... Russ's play in the second half of the Boston game and then some of his play tonight um, was just weird. But I think that, that you can look at Billy Donovan and say, like, like please like explain what, what, what are your goals here? Are you just trying to get as many looks as you can with this roster or like, what, what's happening? And my, my assumption is that, and this is what Sam Presti always talks about, his curiosity is that maybe his curiosity is getting the best of him to start the season because he is just trying so many different lineups and so many different looks. And I think that can be detrimental uh, in the regular season. But as we know, like so he can put it together in the playoffs and ultimately that's what matters. But as an, on a night to night basis, it can be pretty frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if this curiosity or not, but uh, if you if you run like if you if you want to see if something works and it doesn't and you you keep trying the same stuff without making real changes and on the other hand you have stuff that actually worked pretty well and you 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 don't use them then i'm i'm not sure if that is curiosity or if if something else i i really don't know i mean billy is a great coach um uh, and we are just people that regularly talks about basket and talk about basketball so he he knows more for sure yeah. Yeah. but still but still if you if you look at numbers it's it's really weird to to um to understand so yes as you said probably um we should ask, ask some someone to uh, to question him about that um, and and see what the answer is. Especially in the using of Jeremy Grant as a four with the starters, that thing really puzzled me because he's, he's not he has been great as a center with Patterson on the floor, mm-hmm. but with Adams, this didn't work last season and it's not working now. And I'm not sure why he he, he keeps going to to that kind of pattern. Yeah. For me, the reason that that doesn't work is because Grant's really not shooting threes. 
Like he's taken a few this season. I don't know how many he's taken. Not many. Um, and he's just driving to the basket. And he, he needs a lot of time and a lot of room to drive to the basket. And he's been good. He's been a lot better. He's been in more control with the ball. He's made some great drives this season. I I don't know. I, I feel like I can easily hate on his ability to drive, but he's definitely improved. Uh, and he's been effective, but I think that, that you're right, that as a, as a center and next to Patterson, that's great. Uh, but I, I think that you need more three-point shooting on this team. And that's where, like, Josh Eustace has apparently just disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, he, ever <laughs> since they declined his option, yeah. he, I mean, I guess they were just wanting to get a look at him yeah. to make sure that what, you know, what I don't know what they're thinking, to be honest. Um, but he has not had significant minutes or any meaningful minutes since they declined his option. And yeah. that's probably going to continue. I, I don't, for whatever reason, the Thunder organization is has not been a fan of Josh Eustace. And I, I don't get it. And I, I think that he could help a little bit. I think that he, I don't know. I just, get, I just don't know why they just don't give him another look. And they obviously aren't giving minutes to Ferguson either. I mean, he came in for a minute and um, yeah. was a victim of a Marcus Smart flop. Um, <laughs> but I just don't, I don't know. I, I think that he's a guy that can shoot uh, yeah. and should be given the chance. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to, uh, sorry for being so stubborn on the grand thing, but I have to give numbers to the, <laughs> it, to, it. To yep. the listeners. So uh, if you put Grant at the five, so you have Grant and Patterson as a two-man unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played 86 minutes together. So it's, it's still a small sample size, but not as small. And they are plus 12.5, which is great. Yeah. So 100 point, 106 offensive rating, 93 point stuff um, defensively. So it, it's it's a really good pairing. Then you have Adams and Patterson as plus 11, as a um, like big man duo. And then you have... Um, Last in the net rating um, rank, uh, Adams and Grant at minus 8.2. So, in 85 minutes again. So, you have Patterson. That is, it it was your starters before um, the middle trade. Why he is not the first one to come from the bench? Because it, it makes perfect sense to put Patterson um, as a first subber uh, when, when Melo goes out. Yeah. You have Patterson and Abrines out there. Patterson is a good defender. You replace a bad defender in Melo with a good defender in Patterson. Uh, and you had two guys that can show, that, that can have like a legitimate look at three-pointers. So why you have to put Jeremy Grant first? That I don't understand. And numbers so far, or last season, if you want to run them uh, for the 2016 season, they, they tell the same, that Adams-Grant is not a good pairing. So I have this thing really puzzled me, and I, I really want to see how this looks in March or when the season is almost over. Because I, I think this is a trend, and sooner or later the coaching staff should deal with it. Yeah, and I would... I'll probably I would like to ask Billy that question, but I'll probably mm-hmm. wait a while before, you know, probably wait until December or January to to ask it before. So there's like enough of a sample size um, yeah. underneath it. But I th- I I think I agree that I just don't see it. I think it probably continues to be the way it is, and the, the three point shooting just 
I think it just matters so much, and just the space matters so much. And I, I don't know. Every everything, everything feels odd um, at this point. But if you look at like the lineup data right now, uh, the starting lineup has played 119 minutes together. Then the next most is 37 minutes with like a bench unit of Felton, yeah. Lolo, Abrinos, Grant, and Patterson, and they're a plus seven. Um, and the starters are minus one right now. Uh, but then, like you talked about, and this should be, this needs more looks than this. 22 minutes so far, in, and they've only used it in six games, but they're a plus 13 is um, Abrinus with the starters, minus Robertson. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Abrinus Grant, um, like you said, 29 minutes plus 11. I mean, that's, Abrinus needs to be used more. And I, he's, to me, he's been a little disappointing, and it's really not all his fault. <laughs> that he's been oh, no. disappointing. Yeah, last last night he had a shot, like a contested three to end the third. So that that one was the only shot that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a shooter. You should at least try to run something uh, with him, not for him, but uh, with him as a possible um, receiver. And I, I don't feel like yesterday was the case. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I was going to look and see. And these numbers don't re- really matter. Did, did you mention the plus minus of the Jeremy Grant with the starters? Oh, no. that That, that is... Uh, I, I think you, you mentioned that already in the Friday pod. Uh, or, or probably someone mentioned that. But yeah, yeah it's abysmal. Minus, uh, minus 19. It's only in 10 minutes. But just like yeah. to, to like further like illustrate uh, him at the four next to Adams... Uh, it's not working. They've only used it in two yeah. games, uh, so there's like not really a sample size on it. No, uh, but it's still it's not working. Yeah, you have 500 minutes from last season where it was still a negative uh, net rating. So yeah. you kind of have a sample size. Yes, Jeremy Grant and Stephen Adams are both better players now, but again, you have you have the option that should have been the the one um, who started the game. So Patterson should have started the game for OKC and. You have him there. He's getting better. Uh, he's doing good things with the second unit. I, I think he should be. At least he should try a couple of games to to put him out there um, as the first sub. Mm-hmm. And then let's see because that is curiosity as well. So try try that as well <laughs> at least. Right. And then and then at least a couple of games. Uh, maybe just for the for the second quarter thing. And then in the third one, if you're not satisfied, you can uh, with a lot of curiosity put again Jeremy Grant and see what happens. But just, at least try both. Just balance your curiosity, Billy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or at least uh, try to fulfill our curiosity to see <laughs> Pedersen more on the floor. We're curious too, floor. man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's uh, let's preview the games of the week. On Tuesday, the Thunder play the 1-8 and eight Sacramento Kings. They are 29th in offense with a rating of 95.7. They're 28th in defense. Uh, with a rating of 109.6, making them the very worst team in net rating at a negative 13.9. Uh, George Hill sat out for personal reasons over the weekend, and they don't know if he's going to return. And then uh, their rookie, Harry Giles, uh, has the worst knees in the NBA and will be out until February. Uh, any any thoughts on this team other than they're just going to be terrible and uh, it, it could be really bad if the Thunder don't look good against them? 
Oh yeah, uh, they they need a win. They need a good win against them. Um, from what I, I've seen of Sacramento, and to be honest, I didn't look a ton of game. I didn't watch a ton of game uh, of Sacramento. They like to run a lot of things with um, with Zach Randolph. So he's doing a lot of isolations, a lot of mid range shots. So it seems it seems to be the perfect way to uh, for the Thunder to have like a, a break and to 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 look good again. Um, yeah, the, like the summer of Sacramento was weird. Uh, now that I look them on the court, it's maybe um, like weirder than that because the the youngster are playing like energy basketball at least I, I i really like fox uh but they they use this, the, the the veterans a lot and and they're not playing good basketball so far um that can change quickly because they like again they have a lot of young players scala this year is doing great things i mean he, he he looks smooth he look he looks fluid on the court um but again they they don't run sophisticated stuff and um a lot uh, at the beginning of the first and the third quarter, they go to Zach Randolph and say, "Well, try to to put some uh, some ball in the basket, and then we'll figure it out." Yeah, they're they've got some young guys that are interesting, like you said, Darren Fox is he's super fun, and yeah, um, they have the other Bondong, they have Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, yes, the good he, one, and he's good, like he's yeah. like really good, um, and then they've got. Just like like Costa Kufas is fine. Uh, Scal is like you mentioned. Scal like he's he's impressive. Like he's just a like physically he's impressive, and then he's got such a versatile game that I don't know. He's a, he's at least intriguing. And like at this point in his career, like you don't know like is he going to be like an actual like very good versatile player? Or is he like Anthony Randolph? Like I have no idea. But he's at least really intriguing at this point. But. Uh, you're right. They use a lot of Zebo, <laughs> um, which which is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Justin Jackson, Buddy Heald, Willie Colley Stein, like those are all kind of good potential pieces. But this this team is has been a big mess so far, and you know it's, it'd be good for the Thunder to kind of get a little bit of a footing against this team. Um, so I. I don't. I don't have a lot more to say about this Sacramento team. They're, they've been abysmal. Uh, the Thunder have played weird in Sacramento over the years, so I like wouldn't oh, be yeah. surprised <laughs> if if they lay another egg. Um, but even if they lay an egg, they should not lose to this team. Oh no! 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 That would be uh, that would be like mm, not like panic button, but close to that if they lose to Sacramento. Oh yeah, I am slamming on the panic button if they lose to Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they probably won't. But um, uh, to go again a bit uh, on, on Scala this year, I think if he can improve his uh, range, so he, he's shooting like one one triple per game, uh, one three-point shot per game. Uh, if he can like take more of those, uh, I think he, he can be a good player. Yep. Because I mean, the, sh- the shot look, look, looks good, looks very good, very smooth. So I really hope that for like for him uh, as a player that he can really develop this uh, outside game. Because um, I mean, that that was the intriguing part of him as a prospect. So um, I think the Sacramento could, did well drafting him, and if if they give him time now, he can be uh, a legitimate player in the league. Yeah, no question. Uh, you want to move on to the Denver Nuggets? 
yeah, they they were weird as well uh, in yeah. this first two game of the season. I mean, the, the the offense looked bad for a couple of games. Now looks a bit better. They were first in offense last season uh, uh, from the day uh, in which Jokic uh, started. Uh, but now, like the first few games, they were last in offensive rating. Now I, I'm not sure where they are at, but um, yeah, the last few games 13th. they. Yeah, in the last few games, they were really um, uh, finding their footing and they were playing good basketball. So that that will be an interesting test because winning in Denver is hard. Uh, and so um, I really look for uh, for that game. Yeah, they're 13th in offense, 22nd in defense at 106.4. They have a negative 1.4 net rating. 5-5 five and five on the season. The only guy that's out is Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's out with mono for like the next like five, yeah. five weeks or something like that, which really sucks for them. Uh, I, I'm a little afraid of how this Thunder team is going to start against the Nuggets. They've got to come out with a lot of energy, the, the opposite of what we saw in Portland. And the starters for Denver are a plus 12 right now. And yeah. the the Thunder, like like you mentioned earlier, they're just not their starters are not clicking, and you, you, I could see the Nuggets coming out and getting an early lead, and then the Thunder have to make some changes pretty quick. Uh, I think that they should sub in Abrinas pretty quick um, for this team because there's guys that you can hide him on. Uh, but I just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling nervous about this game as a Thunder fan. Like I just don't. I feel like this is the Thunder are just kind of primed to lose another game, and I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't trust them against this Denver team, who can be a really good offensive team. The Thunder have got to show up defensively, and their starting unit in particular has to show up on defense um, if they want to win in Denver on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, they have like they have a good first unit, and so. Um, but in some sense, they don't match up terribly uh, with with OKC. Um, in the fir- like in preseason, they had a very good run against them. Uh, I thought so. Um, if Stevens play like a good game against Jokic, then I mean, against Nurkic last night, he was kind of bad he, he always had like weird game against Nurkic if you remember like when he was in Denver they had like an on- a home game where he did like great things on the court the Thunder won but Steven had like a really bad game um, for some reason he has players that he he like he cannot handle like him, Towns, and um, players like that. Um, let's see how Jokic uh, deals deals with him. Um, I think that that would be a key. And also, as you said, I mean, they, they have to rotate better. They have to be focused. Russ has to do um, a good work against their, uh, their point guards uh, because, I mean, he can do that. We've seen that against guys that, that dribbles uh, a lot, he can be effective. And so I wonder if if the consistency will be there and the, and the focus will be there. Um, this week can, can tell us uh, a lot of this team, uh, about this team, because they can easily go 3-1 if they play the right way, uh, but they can also very easily go 1-3 probably. Um, if if the like the the former happens, I think that this team can be back on track quite soon. If not, then I mean, uh, then things start to be. I mean, if you like, if you look, if you go one one three, I think that you have issues that you need to face. Mm-hmm. If not, then 
but it, it would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Will. And and Russ, these past two games, I think uh, a big thing is that they have you know ball dominant point guards that can really score and score at the basket and score from three. And Russ yeah. really struggled against Lillard and struggled against Irving for the second half. And the Nuggets don't have one of those guys. Maybe he is on the roster uh, in Jamal Murray, but Jamal Murray hadn't had a great start to his season. Mm-hmm. Shooting 40% from, from the field, um, 25% from three. He, he's come on as of late, but I, I, I think that this will be a, a better matchup for Westbrook as I think that they'll put him on Murray. Uh, and you're right. like Jokic has... He's had a he's had an odd start to the season too, but Adams played really well against him in the preseason, and was really physical with him. And Jokic often isn't very physical back with him, and I think that's kind of a difference between he and Nurkic. Like Nurkic will punch mm-hmm. back basically. Yeah, exactly. And and, and flop a lot. And, oh, sorry. Yes, and flop a lot <laughs> as he did with that. Uh, do we even talk about the mellow flagrant? I'm not sure we did. I don't think uh, we did. Pause the podcast to talk about the Mellow Flagrant 2 foul. Um, we'll be back uh, to uh, Denver after this uh, short, short uh, Mellow stupid call break. Uh, I don't know why we didn't talk about this, but Carmelo Anthony drives to the basket in the third quarter. They call it an and one. He's in the air. He collides with Nurkic. His elbow hits him in the face, and then he ends up making the shot. And then they go to review it. And the, what frustrate, frustrated uh, Russell Westbrook so much about all this is that Russell was just hit in the face before this play mm-hmm. occurred. And they wouldn't review it. And they wouldn't tell him why they wouldn't review it. And Russell's already frustrated. And then they go and review this play. And somehow they give him a flagrant to eject him, say it wasn't a basketball play. And if it wasn't a basketball play, then maybe Carmelo Anthony is a superhero because he, I don't know how you make this decision jumping in the air, jump in the air. I'm going to elbow somebody in the face on purpose. And then I'm also going to make the shot all in one fluid motion. I just think that he just happened to collide with him. I think that Nurkic did flop a little bit and he did get hit in the face, but I just think that he definitely sold it. Uh, the crowd reacted and Carmelo Anthony got tossed. Uh, I, I just don't... I think they're going to review it today. I think they're going to knock it down to a flagrant one. A flagrant one I'm fine with. I also think that that's probably excessive. Uh, I honestly just think it was an and one. I think that he got an and one on that play. And maybe that's the homer inside of me. Um, but I just don't... It, it's absurd. It's absurd. The Thunder were so mad about it. Billy was... Billy Leaving. was really yeah. heated about it. Uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook will be getting a fine at some point today from the NBA as he criticized the referees. Sure. Um, and you know what? I don't blame him. And they, he probably shouldn't be fined because it was just an awful call. I mean, like that, that was a failure by the NBA referees. Just an absolute failure. Yeah. Um, so the point is, I mean, if you look at the action again, um, Nurkic did a pretty good job of staying, of staying vertical. So he made uh, like an initial contact with Melo, and that was a foul. But then he, he, he kept his arm raised. So in order for Melo to score the basket, he had to change direction. Yeah. Of course, he leaned into he, when, when you jump, 
in order to uh, uh, to stay in the air, you may lean a bit in, in, into uh, the other player's chest, and that that action to me was the only way in which Carmelo was like had a chance to score that basket. Right. And so, I mean, uh, if you and and for the most part, he stayed into his cylinder. So yes, the the, the um, he absolutely hit Nurkic in the face. In the face. I mean that 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 that's sure. But uh, that happens uh, a lot of time. So you, you go you go up. Uh, you 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 try to score, and probably sometimes your arms hit the face of the of the defender. That is how the game is played. So if you if you start looking deeply into those stuff, just because the player stays down, and, and Nurkic did it for like silly reason during the game, yeah. and probably also in that case wasn't. At, like that beaten up because he basically walked immediately and then he was able to play um you know time so the, the hit wasn't hard uh why why you want to why you want to regulate that as a flagrant too uh this creates like a, a little bit of a precedent so if if you as an as a, an offensive player you cannot go up and change your the direction of your arms to score the basket, then a lot of stuff you, you cannot do on the court anymore. So I, I think it was very weird. I'm not sure if Russ's one, uh, the one where um, I think Vonley hit him or Davis, I don't remember whom. Vonley, um, yeah. he basically um, hit him with the shoulder. I don't think that was more than a common foul. Probably, yeah. maybe a flagrant one, but it was much, much um, uh, harder as a, as a contact than the one that Melo had. Uh, yeah. Because he actually hit it in the face, and you, and you can see the head that of Russ that moves away from the shoulder. So he got hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, so it's really weird. I mean, the, the Thunder had like two fragrant fouls uh, for uh, this kind of uh, reasons uh, in the last two games, and it's 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 weird. It has been weird. Yeah, and like overall, I mean, a lot of people want to talk about the free throw discrepancy. To me, the reason that the Thunder aren't getting as many free throws is because they're taking so many mid-range jumpers. They're taking so many three-point shots. Um, and they're not getting to the basket as much as they should. And, and maybe they should get more foul calls when they do go to the basket. Um, but I'm not so mad about the free throw discrepancy. Um, but I am frustrated with, with that particular call. Because it was just... It was ridiculous. And I think that they're going to rescind that flagrant two and they're going yeah, to probably i mean they have to i mean it, it's a it's such a bad look on the league i don't i haven't come across anybody that doesn't think it was bad i mean anthony morrow tweeted last night about it saying like that was <laughs> i mean he had the same take that we do on it and it's just i mean it it will be rescinded it's a bad look on the league uh mellow should not have been tossed and you know maybe that Maybe that changes the outcome of the game. Maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe Melo continues taking bad shots and misses a bunch down the stretch. But maybe Melo gets hot, hits a couple threes, and you know that's there's the game right there. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a bad look on the NBA, um, and I'm I'm not going to complain to the point where I think that the Thunder you know would have definitely won the game. But I just think that it, overall it's a bad look. It was a bad call. Um, the Thunder are going to get some fines for it, but I also think that yeah, for sure. I also think that that's kind of unfair as well. Like you're supposed to, like you're supposed to keep your mouth shut after such an egregious thing happens to your team. I mean, like that all is also like ah, uh, like come on, like that's that's 
I, I understand that that rule is in place and why it is and why you have to stick to it every time, but it's also just like another frustrating part about it. Yeah. Uh, back to the Denver Nuggets <laughs> after that brief break. Uh, so we talked about the Nuggets starters. Uh, their bench is kind of another story. Really, like, the mm-hmm. only guy that's playing well off the bench for them is Emmanuel Moutier, uh, who has actually like, been pretty good this season. He's 43% from three on the season, 12 points. Uh, he, he and Jamal Murray play about the same amount of time. And so they're mm-hmm. kind of fighting for, you know, more point guard minutes. And so far, Emmanuel Moutier has been the better of the two. Uh, I don't expect them to like, actually make that switch because I think that they're very invested in Jamal Murray and he's a little bit younger. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I think that, that that probably doesn't have any bearing on the starters in particular. But Moutier has been pretty good. Mason Plumlee has not played that well. Uh, they have a ton of power forwards on their bench and really not a lot of as always. Yeah. As always. Uh, it's, it's, I, I'm not afraid of their bench and that may be where the thunder gain the lead or can stretch out a lead if they do have one, uh, with the bench because Raven Felton like continues to be fantastic for the thunder as he was last night against Portland. Um, you know, he's come in and really helped the thunder a lot. Um, and so I, th- I think that this could be another game where you see that um, from him and from uh, the bench unit, maybe the bench with Mello. Uh, Mello returns to Denver, and he'll probably get booed, and he'll probably want to put up a bunch of shots in Denver. Um, but this is certainly an interesting matchup, and, and one where you would like to see the Thunder starters maybe start to, to get it together, because I think that the... The Denver is a good team, but their defense is bad enough to where the Thunder should be able to get the shots they want um, against them and should be able to go to the basket. You know, Nurkic did a great job protecting the rim last night and blocked yes, Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook a couple times. Uh, Jokic is not that guy. Like the, They should be able to get to the rim a lot more against Denver on Thursday. So I, I'd look I'd look for that. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly. I mean, they, they had a chance to um, to be effective with the first unit, so stay there, maybe have a little bit of an advantage when the bench go, um, goes in, and then um, you really can take the lead with the second unit because Felton has been great. Uh, maybe yesterday it was uh, not as good as a distributor. Um, I think he took more chances in like finalizing the, the shots, probably because like Portland crowd was booing him from the from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had to show them a bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the starters should have a good game. Uh, they should go to Adams a bit more, I think, because he can he can bully Jokic a bit in the post. Whereas against Nurkic, they basically didn't do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Portland is the fourth defense in the in the NBA right now. Um, while well, Denver, as you said, is is not as good. So they 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 have a chance to 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 play like. A more effective basketball, but also a, a prettier kind of basketball, and I expect them to shoot a lot of threes. Um, because, in some sense, I did expect that as well from uh, from Portland game, because they have they have a size advantage, and when once you have that, you can take like threes more easily, um, and also going to probably going to the post a bit more. Uh, that that wasn't the case, so I expect them to do uh, to do that against um, against Denver. Um, 
yeah, I think that's that is what I expect, and um, and I and I also expect a good defensive game from Paul George uh, because I mean last game wasn't exactly a, a great one, probably because he he didn't have a matchup that challenged him. Uh, for the most part, he was on Harkless or uh, or other guys, so. He wasn't in the uh, in the real action in that game, and I think that he's better suited when he guards guys that have the ball, or at least that they that can take a bigger load on offense. And so I I wonder how that translates in the in the game against Denver, where he probably can guard Millsap, or yeah, I wonder how that will go. Uh, let's move on to the. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. They'll be in Oklahoma City on Friday night. So back to back for OKC. It's kind of a tough one because Denver. Denver's a tough place to play. Uh, yes. And then they'll have to come back to OKC to play the Clippers, who are a good NBA team. They're five and three. They're third in offense at one hundred eight. They're thirteenth in defense at one hundred two. Net rating. Uh, they're fifth in net rating at five point eight. Uh, uh, Milos Teodosic is the only guy that's out with plantar fascia uh, in his left foot. Uh, they've been good. Michele, uh, Blake Griffin in particular has been fantastic to start this season. 23 points, four assists, eight rebounds. He's shooting 42% on threes on five attempts a game. So he's just kind of a different player this year and playing, you know, like, like a top 10 player in the NBA at this point. And the, the the Clippers are definitely benefiting from that, and they've got you know guys like Lou Williams coming off the bench, who you know has torched the Thunder in the past, and um, Gallo is a smart player. DeAndre is great, obviously. Pat Beverly, uh, we know him well here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, um, they they have a good, solid team. Now, are the Thunder better than they are? Absolutely, they have way more talent. They're more, uh, they may be a little bit more balanced overall, but. This Clippers team is dangerous. I, I'm also a little concerned about this. These are great tests for this Thunder team early on. Denver and you know the Clippers, and then um, I mean Dallas isn't any good, and Sacramento isn't any good. But these are these two teams. This back to back is a great test to see like mentally where is this Thunder team early on in the season. Yeah, the Clippers lost a weird game yesterday. Um, I kind of looked at because it was a prime time here in Europe, so I it was on, uh, and I I basically looked at uh, all the game, uh, like uh, the full game, and they they lost a, a really weird game against Miami. Um, they were down a lot uh, at um, after the second quarter, I think like fifteen or more, and then they almost uh, won it. Uh, um, but they they couldn't come up with um, uh, with a few stops uh, down the stretch. But they they looked good when they were playing in the second half. Uh, Blake looked amazing. He at a certain point he decided to 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 try to win the game by himself. Uh, he didn't succeed, but he, he played great. Um, the matchup against the Clippers is interesting because I'm not sure who will guard Blake. Probably Melo or George. And they will try to, to 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 keep Adams close to the basket, guarding DeAndre, yeah. um, because th- that is that is a good way to guard. Um, uh, but they, they will probably play a lot of pick and roll between Blake and um, and DeAndre. So I wonder how that will uh, will go, uh, because OKC okay, probably won't switch that. 
because because of the lobs, uh, they will probably drop Adams. And when he is able to drop, he has been crazy effective this season. Uh, and also. The Clippers have a good rotation, uh, as you said, a good bench unit, uh, at least um, in um, in Decker and um, and Lou Williams. But there are not many shot creators. Like Rivers is not very good at that. Um, Beverly, yes, you can spot up for a three pointer, but he's not very good with the ball. Gallo, he's not having a good season so far. Uh, it's probably their worst starters, and I think that is um, and probably one of the worst players for the Clippers so far um, of the ones that actually play. And so I, I, I really wonder if that is a good game for OKC to to to, to suffocate it like Clippers offense with their with their defense because they if they can handle Blake a bit, then the rest can be handled um, and I think that George and Anthony can really uh, give Blake a hard time especially if he stays uh, away from the basket and tries to uh, to shoot a lot of mid-rangers and trees um, that is really interesting for OKC defense and um, I think they, 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 they can be effective uh, against them yeah you wonder if they will cross match and put Melo on Gallo who that seems like a much better matchup for him yeah. than playing against Blake and then letting, you know, let, let's, let's see what you, what, what can you do, Paul George against Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. who's obviously stronger than, than he is, but you know, similar size. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, Paul George obviously has a great length. And so, and that, that would probably bait, you know, Blake to going to the bucket more a little bit, um, and keeping him away from those three point shots and, I don't know. It's, I think it's it's definitely an interesting matchup, and obviously when Patrick Beverly is in in the building, um, it's it's always interesting in OKC. You know, um, yeah. And it's not always the best thing for Russell Westbrook. Like you think, like, oh yeah, we get a fired up Russell Westbrook, and mm. if you watched it in the past, it's it's not always the best thing for for no. old Russie to to play against Patrick Beverly because he does get him like super miffed during the games. And Russ doesn't when he's not when he's that upset as you saw in Portland last night. He doesn't always play well, and so yeah. um, that's something interesting to watch for. Um, and and I w- you'd like to see like Paul George or Melo like get a chance to like really go off. You know, we saw yeah. you saw James Harden go off last night. You'd like to see one of these dudes like get a chance to catch fire and like go for forty. You know, you haven't, yeah. you haven't seen that. Yeah, and if you think about um, the the idea to put Abrines in uh, quite soon, I mean, Reavers and and Beverly are good are good players. Yeah, but no, probably especially Beverly, I don't expect him to punish Abrines offensively. Right, that he's not the guy that can really um, take advantage of a guy as Abrines. Yeah. Um, so um, I really wonder if that is uh, something that Billy Donovan can uh, can try against the Clippers. And also, I really want to see Adam screening for us because he, when when he plays uh, against Beverly, he sets probably the hardest screen I have ever seen uh, <laughs> him set. I remember one in Houston where he basically killed him yeah. uh, mid court. So I, I yeah, ex- I expect that to be the case as well on Friday he will probably set like the first two or three screens will be quite hard yeah and I mean if he if he if some if the referees will um, uh, will probably give him an offensive foul quite quite soon I, I hope that Steven continues to do do that because that can 
can give Rust some confidence and some uh, um, some room to operate against Beverly. Yeah, and and Steven's got some some interesting matchups this week with Jokic and with DeAndre, like two very obviously different centers who do almost the exact opposite of each other um, on both ends. But you know, DeAndre is a guy that you know Steven is compared to a lot. And mm-hmm. it'll be a good kind of measuring stick for just him as an individual player to see like where like where is he now? And how is he how is he playing as we're like, you know, twelve games in or whatever it is. Um so that I think that's super interesting. Uh, anything else we gotta to touch on the Mavs real quick. Do you have anything else on the Clippers before we move on? No. No. I think we can we cover them. Uh the Mavericks are terrible. One in ten Offensive rating of 98.8, which is 28th in the league. They're 28th in defense at 110.1, minus 11.4, 29th in net rating. Uh, Seth Curry is out with a stress reaction in his left tibia. Dorian Finney-Smith has some knee soreness, but could play um, by Sunday. And then Josh McRoberts is out because he is always out. Um <laughs> The Mavericks are have had a really bad start to the season. You look at their roster and you're like, oh, like maybe they're okay. Nope. Like they've been no. awful. I mean, they Terrible. have been really yes. bad. Um, and this should be another, you know, kind of break for the Thunder to play, you know, on the um at home against the, the Mavericks on Sunday. Um, it should be this should be a, a blowout game. This should be where you get to see a lot. Uh, you might even see Josh Eustace. You should see um, some Terrence Ferguson that night um, just because they have struggled. And to me, it's because, like, they're guys that are, like, pretty good. Uh, like, Wes Matthews is, is a lot slower. Dirk is 39 years old. Um, and, you know, his role has been diminished. A lot of minutes from guys like Dennis Smith and Yogi Ferrell, um, they're – their quote unquote best players, probably Harrison Barnes at this point, and he has not had a good start to the season so far. Um, and then they're just not a very deep team in general. No. You know, JJ Barea and Devin Harris are somehow like still on this team, which is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, they're just overall, they just have not been a very good team. No, and that was the plan from the beginning. Um, I think uh, the plan for them was to to be bad, uh, to keep their pick uh, this season, to have a, the, like the last good shot at the at a very good pick because like from next season the the rules will change. Right. And so I, I think it it makes sense for them. They were tra- they are transitioning from the Dirk era. They have a good core, uh, well, good core. They have good veterans, I think. And if you, if they can. Put another uh, good assets. They they can probably look good in a, uh, in a five year span. So, uh, but right now they are playing like a terrible game. They have Salamashiri though, uh, which is always um, incredibly <laughs> powerful against the Thunder. So, and 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 also like Dennis Smith is really fun to watch. So at least at least he will probably go off uh, for a good game. He's he's having like a good season so far, uh, but. To be honest, this Mavericks team plays no defense at all. Uh, I I only wonder how uh, how terrible it is for Carlisle to, to coach a team like this. He is probably suffering like every day, <laughs> uh, and probably he's watching like uh, clips of Don Chich and see, well, next season I'll be right. better off. Yes, uh, Nerland Noel is in such a weird spot. Oh yeah, with this team, he's not the weirdest. He's he's only playing eighteen minutes a game. 
you'd think like, oh, like maybe they can like see if he can anchor a defense, and he hasn't been very good to start the season, and uh, it's. I feel like maybe this is just true for the league in general. Is that it's just been a weird start. Like yes. I feel like officiating has been weird to start with the uh, stat keeping has been really weird to start the season. Uh, every team, there's a lot of teams that have just had strange starts. I don't feel like we're seeing what we're going to remotely see in like March and April with the league. Um, it's just off to an, to an odd start. You know, you have teams like Indiana that are playing really well. The New York Knicks look great right now. Um, you know, Boston, who I think is going to continue to be good, but I don't think that they're not gonna, as like, good. They're not going to win the East or anything like that. Well, um, I mean, oh, I guess, yeah. they, I mean, I guess they could. I mean, I guess. They yeah. Could. I mean, Cleveland is doing their very best. Oh to, man. Uh, I know. Yeah, maybe I mean, maybe they could win the East, but I just don't think that they're like, they're not going, I mean, they're not going to the finals. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I was just talking about regular season. Right, and yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure about that. It, it is a team where I picked the over, uh, the under, sorry. So I, I wasn't sold on Boston even before like the Hayward injury. But they, for, for like as of now, they, they prove everyone wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, they are a good team. They, are, they have a good coach. So, yeah. yeah. They're doing what they, they are supposed to do. Yeah, Steve, man, Stevens is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 and one thing that uh, we are getting, we are going probably too too far down the way, but um, the, the only thing that I kind of uh, wonder if for Billy, uh, this is the case for Billy. So he decided not to adjust. That is a thing that can be uh, like it, it can look bad. In the game, because you see, like your your team uh, struggling and going into painful uh, possessions and stuff like that. But in on the long run, if you show, if you adjust already in in November, then you you may not have like the power of adjusting more in, in coming playoffs time. I'm not sure if that is um, is something that that makes sense. But in the in the first, in very first season of Billy Donovan, there were criticism of he, he wasn't able to adjust. He, lo- he he lose like he, he lost a lot of games because he he wasn't able to to change the course of the game and then coming playoffs times it was completely different. So I wonder if that is something that Billy's Billy does by design. So he wants their player to uh, to deal with their issues uh, in like in the first few months of the season to see where they are and then probably afterwards. He, he tries to do different stuff as Stevens did against uh, the Thunder. Sorry, it was like um, probably too long, but um, no. I, I had this one, this this thought this morning uh, watching again Portland, where like very few adjustments were yeah. made. Yeah, and I, I think that definitely what you said, like the power of the adjustment later on, is not quite as big because teams get to see it. Um, and I, I think that there's also a part of Billy that just wants to see like. You know, this isn't working now, but is it going to work in five minutes? Like, let me, let me let this let me let this go for a minute, and I just like yeah. really want to see it. Um, yeah. And some people are like, "Oh, Billy's not a competent NBA coach." Like, I just don't think that's the case. No, I don't think that he's like I don't think that he's an elite, you know, coach by any stretch. Um, but he, what he showed in the playoffs two years ago. Like he is without a doubt an NBA level coach, and here's another thing that that lets you know that he's an NBA coach because he he has the respect of the locker room. 
Like all those guys really respect him. And there's never really been a problem within the locker room um, with Billy. And I, I think that that is kind of a huge part of that. Like it, it could easily be going the other way with the kind of personalities that this Thunder team has. Um, but I, I think that the team respects him. I think that, um, but it's just going to take a little while for this team to gel. And that doesn't mean that Billy needs to be fired or anything like that. And it, even if, even if he was just, just a terrible coach to start the season. I don't think he's been terrible. I think there's some questionable things that he's done, but mm-hmm. um, like the Thunder aren't going to fire their coach like this. No, probably not. It would be a really bad look for them. So like, yeah, if, yeah. if you're calling for that, uh, probably, probably just stop because uh, you're yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. get what you want. And um, the Thunder aren't going to do that. So um, let's predict uh record prediction for the week. So they have Sacramento. We'll go back and um, to who they play again. Sacramento Tuesday, Denver Thursday, Clippers Friday, and then Dallas on Sunday. Um, Michele, what's your prediction for this four game? Three one, uh, and I hope to be to be right this time. Who's their loss against? Um, I would say Denver. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to lose to the Clippers on Friday. I think they'll beat Denver. I think they're 3-1 too. Um, which will really, really be great. I had one of the Thunder PR people come up to me after the game on Friday and say, you know what? The Thunder's record isn't so good when you're at the game. So we're going to we're gonna keep an eye on that. I think it could be you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or me on the show. So, yeah. I mean, you, you can blame me for that. Okay, no. I'm, I'm already taking some heat for for making the thunder lose um Michele, thank you for coming on the show today we can follow you on twitter at mikey barra follow your project at chart underscore side uh, you can follow us on twitter at down to dunk thank you for listening please tell your friends about our show uh that's how these things kind of spread uh is if you you know mention it at lunch to a coworker or tell your your parents or your friends or whoever's a thunder fan around you um it's fun to talk about thunder basketball uh, let people know about our show. Uh, it's that's how you know this thing, you know, keeps rolling is is through you guys, and so we appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. Leave us a five star review on iTunes if you have a chance. You can do it on your app. You just have to search for Down to Dunk through your app, and then once you click on it, it'll give you the option to leave a five star review. Uh, we appreciate those. You guys are continuing to leave those, and those really mean a lot to us. Um, and help us in the rankings and really help us with sponsors and things like that. If you would like to sponsor the show, uh, we have some openings and would love to uh, be able to promote your business. If you're local here, uh, we love supporting local businesses. Um, Or even if you have a national business, we have a a large following, not just here in OKC, but throughout the country. Uh, So we would love to to have you on our show. So if you'd like like to do that, contact me, dtdpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys have a great Monday. Uh, We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. After the uh, Sacramento game, we'll be previewing Denver and the Clippers. And we'll talk to you then.